0: Travel Tidbits Podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Picture this with me. The opening scene to The Lion King. When the circle of life starts and you see the sunrise over the African savannah. You can hear it now, can't you? I can't actually sing the song or else i get sued. And that's mostly for copyright reasons. Although I'm sure someone out there may sue me for trying to sing. Anyway, back to the African savannah and the Lion King. Anyone who has seen this movie knows what I'm referring to. I even have this song as my phone's ringtone. It's one of my favorites. I remember seeing The Lion King in theaters when it first came out, back when a matinee was actually a good deal, and watching and rewatching it over and over. I cannot tell you how many times I watched it that summer, creating that specific core memory, but it was definitely a lot. This was also back in the 90s when you can just drop your kids off at the movie theater for an afternoon and pick them up later. I mean, who needs summer camp when you're a latchkey kid, am I right? So, with this specific core memory in my brain, imagine when adult Nikki goes to Disney's Animal Kingdom for the very first time. I'm a true Disney fan. Fan with a capital F. I cry when I walk up Main Street and see the castle in all her beauty. But guys, let me tell you, when I walk into Animal Kingdom and see the Tree of Life with its beautiful carvings of over 300 different animals, my eyes get misty. I can't help it. (laughs) Jumbo, everyone. It's Nikki Arden, and today... We're going to do things a little differently at the Travel Tidbits podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about nostalgia, specifically my nostalgia. I'm going to tell you guys all the reasons why I love Disney's Animal Kingdom. I feel like sometimes Animal Kingdom gets pushed off as a glorified zoo, and that could not be further from the truth. Yeah, it's, it's not Magic Kingdom, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't love all of the Disney parks. I mean, clearly. I'm a fan, but Animal Kingdom is special. I love it for a few different reasons, one of them being the nostalgia I feel when I enter the park. Similar to seeing Cinderella's castle at Magic Kingdom, I just feel like a kid again, you know? I feel small, like the world is so much bigger than the confines of this small town that I grew up in. Let me back up to the beginning. Disney's Animal Kingdom first opened on Earth Day, April 22nd, 1998. And I, I really, really wish that I could have aired this episode on Earth Day. It would have been kispet, like perfection. It didn't happen. It wasn't in the cards. It's okay. Life goes on. But it would have just been awesome. Just, I want to point that out there. So anyways, Animal Kingdom opened on Earth Day, 1998. And was dedicated and themed entirely around the natural environment and animal conservation. So since its inception, Animal Kingdom incorporated special provisions throughout the park to protect the welfare of the animals that are located inside. So, for instance, Animal Kingdom is isolated, you know, further off from the uh, Disney's other three parks, well, all of the other parks. Uh, And this is to minimize external disruptions to the animals. And because of this, you'll notice that Animal Kingdom does not have a nighttime fireworks show. The park has always used biodegradable paper straws, and it prohibits plastic straws, plastic lids, balloons. You'll notice that your drinks never have a straw or a lid on it. So pro tip, all of the parks have made the switch to paper straws, which, I mean, let's be honest, they're not good. It's gross. So make sure to pack reusable straws, either silicone or metal if you're bougie, to take with you to the parks. So Disney's Animal Kingdom's park lead designer was Imagineer Joe Rohde. And uh, Rohde is responsible for designing the Tree of Life, for creating Expedition Everest, and he worked really close with James Cameron to bring Pandora, the world of Avatar, to life. So walking through Animal Kingdom, you can find special nods to Rhodey and his contribution to the park scattered, you know, throughout. If you've never been, Animal Kingdom is separated into six part or sections. You have the entrance or oasis section, which takes you to Discovery Island and the Tree of Life. So one of the things I love just from the entrance and the oasis section is divine, so Disney describes her as the mysterious muse of nature. She blends in with the landscape. So she is one of those streetmosphere characters who walks on stilts, but she quite literally blends into the landscape around her. It's almost like one of those magic eye books from when you were a kid. The older crowd, the other, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, you don't see her right away, and sometimes she'll move, and you can see her. And it's really neat to to catch a sight of her. Um, it's really cool. She's beautiful, and um, it's really cool to see her. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're walking in the park, you go. You're so fast, you know, to get to. Especially if you're rope dropping, your your goal is to get to that one ride that you you want to hit. So, you know, I guess when you're when you're leaving the park, maybe take some time or, you know, if you're not rope dropping and you've got a little bit of extra time to to look uh, around the oasis area and, you know, just if you're lucky, just look around and you might get a chance to see the lovely divine. So, uh, to continue sprouting off from Discovery Island, like limbs from the tree of life itself, are Asia, Africa, Dinoland USA, and Pandora the World of Avatar. Those are all the, all the sections of Animal Kingdom. Pandora is the park's newest land, and it replaced what was once Camp Mini Mickey. So when Animal Kingdom was being built, this area where Pandora is now and what was once Camp Mini Mickey, it was supposed to be Beastly Kingdom, And um, before Animal Kingdom opened, the park was supposed to be dedicated to all creatures, real and imaginary. So Beastly Kingdom was to pay tribute to mythical animals and was once going to be home to a dragon-themed roller coaster named Dragon Tower and Quest of the Unicorn, uh, which is a uh, unicorn-themed walkthrough attraction. And it was also going to have uh, an enchanted Scottish restaurant for budgetary reasons. Beastly Kingdom was scrapped, so Camp Minnie Mickey remained. And um, it's also why like, if you ever take a look at the uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom's logo, you'll find a dragon among the other animals. And, and it's because of, of Beastly Kingdom that just left it, which I think is cool. What I love most about Animal Kingdom is that it's a little bit of everything. You know, for one, it has the animals. So another fun fact, uh, Animal Kingdom is the largest of all the parks. It sits on over 500 acres. Obviously, this includes the acreage needed to house all of the animals. (laughs) So luckily, your feet don't have to walk all those miles. And one of the best ways to get a chance to see the animals is, of course, take in a ride on Kilimanjaro safaris. And so for the newbies, this is a ride in an open air vehicle that will allow you to tour Animal Kingdom's lush African Savannah. And you get to see, you know, a lot of the live animals that live there. So the driver is your guide and they will point out animals as you pass by and they'll give you insight on Disney's conservation efforts since the park's opening. I really love all the little facts and tidbits they give you. This is a great way of seeing the animals sometimes up close. You know, it's it's nothing to have the vehicle stop and wait for a giraffe or some other animal to move out of the way from the path before continuing on. You know, they're they're really passive. They don't honk their horn. They don't you know shoo them or anything. They just let them you know do what they're doing, and then you know, it's the animals just mosey on by and continue on their way, <laughs> and then so are you it's kind of neat. Kilimanjaro Safari is a must do for me every single time. You know, it's not the same ride over and over and over again, because you're seeing, you know, everything's different. All these animals are alive. You know, it's not, it's, you know, I love Jungle Cruise and Magic Kingdom. But, you know, you're seeing the same animals, you know, and sometimes, you know, the skippers are great, but sometimes the same jokes. So, you know, (laughs) the backside of water, you know, everybody's heard that. But with the Kilimanjaro Safari, it's, you know, it's different every single time, you know, because, um, you know, you're going to see different animals. Um, some, you know, this last time I went, I saw the giraffes up close and personal, and it was really cool. It was really neat. I got some really good pictures. So yeah, definitely I must do every single time. Another pro tip and like I said, I know it's it's really tempting to run to Pandora right at Rope Drop to get in line for Flight of Passage, you know, for those low wait times. And, and while I'm not saying don't do that, if Flight of Passage is a must do on your touring plan, you know, by all means, definitely ride Flight of Passage first. But afterwards, try to get onto Kilimanjaro Safari early in the day. I find that the animals are most active early in the morning. Later in the day, a lot of the animals are sleeping, you know, and I, I mean, I can't blame them. I totally would be, you know, sleeping in the middle of a hot Florida day. So, you know, I feel ya. <laughs> So, so yeah, definitely try to go early in the morning. Earlier is best. So one of the other options while at Disney's Animal Kingdom is to take a, a behind the scenes tour. So they have a couple, well, they got three. Right now, at least, and um, one of them is caring for giants. It's one-hour tour that allows you to get an up-close look at the African elephants. The prices on this varies depending on when you go, but it's typically around thirty-five dollars per person. It's not bad. And then you have the up-close with rhinos, which is also an hour, and it allows you, you know, kind of an up-close look at the white rhinos. Uh, it's a little bit more. It's a step out forty-five dollars per person and uh and then lastly you have the wild africa trek. It's a privately guided VIP tour through the african savanna. So, think Kilimanjaro safaris but you know on steroids. You know, it is you're going to see all the animals, you're you're going to be riding in a in a vehicle but you'll also be walking. You know, that's something you want to consider. And I mean, you get I mean, we're talking, you know, a lot of access to animals, and it's uh, three hours long. It includes uh, complimentary photo services. so they'll take a picture of you, you know in the landscape and with animals you know surrounding you. It's kind of neat. And then they'll also include a meal food. they'll feed you, which is kind of nice too. So this the price for this tour uh, is one ninety nine per person. so, If you want, you know, a little bit more behind the scenes or like a backstage view of some of the animals, you might want to check these out. But honestly, you don't need to spend the extra money to get an in-depth look at all the animals inside, you know, Disney's Animal Kingdom. I mean, in every single exhibit, I mean, whether it's Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail or up in Conservation Station... You know, every cast member is loaded with tons of animal knowledge. Um, I love going up to the conservation station, and you can sometimes see that, like, they'll show you, like, kind of behind the scenes of, you know, them caring for some of the animals. Um, and then you've got the little animation station sometimes, and they're, you know, showing you how to do a little bit of character animation. It's really fun. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, your love of animals, but also your love of it's, you know, it's everything you love about Disney, you know, you got, you know, animated animals, and you've got real animals. It's just, I love it. Can you tell? I mean, obviously. (laughs) So, um, one of the things I highly suggest, especially for kids, is to become a wilderness explorer, you know, from up, (laughs) just like, um, Russell. Oh, sorry. How did I? Just, I almost forgot his name. That would have driven my son crazy because we love that movie. Uh, just like Russell, you too can become an wilderness explorer. This little activity it allows you uh, and oh, avid explorers to earn adventure badges, just like Russell, uh, as you work your way around the park. It's a lot of fun. I mean, even for an older explorer, you know, such as myself. I know I'm not like, you know, Mr. Frederickson, but <laughs> I um, you know, I'm older, but I still have a lot of fun collecting my badges, you know. So I definitely, definitely suggest checking out the wilderness explorer. So, okay. So I talked at length about the animals and um spoiler alert, that's probably my favorite part. But what I also love about Disney's Animal Kingdom is, it's just the vibe, you know, so you walk through as you walk through the different sections of Animal Kingdom, each one is just themed perfectly. You know, I feel like this is where the idea of like immersion, complete immersion in the theme parks started, you know, back in the late 90s with with Animal Kingdom. I spend most of my time in the Africa and Asia sections. Uh, specifically, Africa. I love Harambe Market. I love the food. I love the atmosphere, especially when the tam tam drummers are playing. I mean, it's a whole vibe. I I can't get enough. You know, and this small town girl from Georgia who's never been to Africa, and honestly, I have no idea if I'll ever get the chance. You know, I feel a little bit closer. You know, to the culture. You know, through Disney magic. I'm transported to an entirely different place, a place so unlike what I'm used to. And yeah, if you're a roller coaster junkie, thrill junkie, you know, you may think that Disney's Animal Kingdom is just a glorified zoo or maybe a half day park. But if you take the time to appreciate the little touches of Disney magic and Imagineering that went into creating this beautifully immersive park. You may find that you're just as crazy about it as I am. I could go on and on about why I love this park, <laughs> and I honestly, I can. I can also I have a lot. I have a list of things that I would love to change about Animal Kingdom, and I could give you more touring tips and tricks on how to have you know the perfect Animal Kingdom day. But sadly, I'm running low on time. So next time. <laughs> If you would love to hear more about Disney's Animal Kingdom, feel free to hit us up on our social media. We are at Pineapple Escapes and you can uh, also visit our website at www.pineappleescapes.com. You can uh, find all of our previous Travel Tidbits podcast episodes on our website. We've also got links to all of the Pineapple Escapes agents and links to our social media on our site. Also, do me a favor, okay? Follow and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a a good review. It really helps us out and we can, you know, provide more travel content for you guys. And if you have suggestions on topics for future episodes, just let us know, you know? And uh, yeah, bye guys. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineapplescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes.